Christmas is all around us. It sure is. So did you just watch this last night? I watched it uh, Friday night and Saturday night. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's something. <laughs> uh, sure is. All right. Well, um, I guess we should begin. Sure. Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome to Headcanon, our special Christmas episode, recording on Christmas Eve. Christmas party! Uh, it's not a total holiday party. I'd have eggnog without anything else in it right now. I don't know. What are you, are you having a little bit more of a party over there? Uh, I just had a glass of whiskey. Now I'm just drinking an energy drink, so no. Glass of whiskey. Like, mm-hmm. like just neat? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then an energy drink. Ooh. Yeah, that's rough. Mm-hmm. I felt like that uh, summed up this movie in some regards. So we're doing love. Actually, I think that's all we really had to talk about today on headcanon. Um, unless you had something else you want to discuss. No, let's just talk about this movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm behind on all the like typical TV shows I watch anyway. So other than Mr. Robot, except for that. Yeah. <laughs> I just got a text from my mom asking me to go to my sister's at 4.30. That's definitely going to be more like 5.30. Of course. Mm-hmm. All right. But you should always respond with, absolutely, see you then. All right, hold on a second. Absolutely, see you then. Lots of exclamation points. Oh. Well, that's a little too far. Throw in an emoji so she might think that you've been kidnapped. And someone else has your phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, love. Actually, was when did you first watch this movie? Let's let's just do the full Harry Knowles here. So this is a this is a two thousand three movie. This Man, that really has happened. the full Harry Knowles really has a different connotation these days. But uh, yeah, this, did that story get picked up a lot? Like like um, of all the other skis bags, I it mean, was kind of before it was. It wasn't that kind of before the Weinstein thing. I could be wrong, but I think it's after. I can't remember. Harry Knowles is like this sleazy film nerd guy. He's he's like comic book guy in the in the flesh. Um, he's awful. But, but if comic book guy was like like Jabba the Hutt's privileged grandkid, uh, sure. I mean, he's 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 just a vile human being in every way, and he's capitalizing on whatever that that undefined ill-defined like nerd thing was for 10 20 years there i mean he's found a way to make money off of it mm-hmm. um but yeah so he's he's you know like a lot of these guys in power if you could call what he had power he was doing bad things women are trying to yeah he's just a gross dude anyway he's before that more known for apparently just smelling horrendously bad and also having the worst movie reviews ever where he tells you about his whole day before he saw the movie his Blade Two review it should was not be that- read. <laughs> so oh, no, party. yes, sir. I am pretty sure the Harry Knowles thing might have been before Weinstein. That was like in September, I think. And okay, I, I think the uh, Harvey Weinstein stuff was until October. So, yeah, yeah. It was the first thing on our advent calendar of sleaze. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when did you first see this movie? <sighs> Something boring, something sometime after on on video, D 
DVD or VHS. Still VHS at the time, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I watched it like one afternoon. Maybe had family over. And they were like telling me how great it was. Hmm. No, no ceremonious viewing. Not watching it with like a special lady or anything like that. No. Okay. And I can't imagine what that would have been like. Um, I mean, this isn't this isn't the Notebook. <laughs> no, I had never seen the Notebook. Um, I'm pretty sure the first and maybe really only time I've watched this whole movie, and maybe I've watched it once since then, was um, I was like on a work trip my old casino needed me back to to kill some bankrolls in sacramento so i was staying in a hotel i worked like a like a bunch of hours like 30 hours in three days and then i got like the flu and so i was just like stuck in my hotel sick and this was like on the tv there um and i i i feel like at least 50 percent of my like first take on this movie is just because i was like high on cold medicine the whole time and not re- not really like paying too close attention or, or really watching all that closely was when you were in the Hilton? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you must have thought there's no way this movie could contain those things. I I was just <laughs> hallucinating it. This movie's ridiculous. It's pretty vile. I mean, it kind of pulls yes. itself together at the end a little. It it just, you know, kind of plays the hits rom-com wise. You got your airport scene, you got your big profestation of love uh scene yeah the surprise you know caught kissing scene you know it's like there's like there's some good stuff you know or at least like comfortable cliche stuff at the end but a lot of the other parts of the movie are like like what is up with this movie exactly yeah this movie has some issues of women uh and it has some great female actors like doing interesting work in times um this movie is just bizarre uh, and upsetting. And, and like, I, I, I try not to use this word that much anymore, but it was definitely, it's definitely problematic in the, a lot of ways. The like office that I'm not sure what oh, exactly fuck. they do. Like, what, I have no idea, but they work late and they sexually harass people on the reg. Just like as part of the, the office behavior is just expected. Like everyone's just like trying to bang each other. Well, it's like what he actually says at one point, Tell the ladies to not get near Tony if they don't want their breasts fondled. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? I know. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that wasn't cool in 2003. I don't know. <laughs> I know it wasn't the most progressive time in the world, but I'm pretty is sure this what England that is was like? still sexual harassment. Then. We're on a 17 strike system. <laughs> Nobody knows how cricket works. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know what that office does exactly. Maybe something to do with publishing. It's unclear. Yeah. There's a lot of like working late. Although we're not really sure what she's doing. Maybe working she just has to work seat. late. Maybe she works late just because she's like taking calls from her brother the whole time. I don't know. Yeah. Well, she's not the only one though. Takes a shit guy is working late too. He's like the designer. I think they say he's chief designer or something like that. Carl. Yeah. Fucking takes but a shit guy. Everyone in this movie is a fucking irrational maniac. Oh, I mean, that's a rom com. And everyone else, the scary thing is that everyone else treats their actions like it's totally normal. I'm not quite sure who the straight person is at times. Um, I guess Liam Neeson is pretty normal. Uh, <sighs> Chiwetel Ejiofor, he seems pretty normal. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, this movie would posit that like unrequited crushes are the cold fusion that could like fix the energy crisis. This is not a movie about self control for sure. There's so many unrequited crushes happening, and people just acting on impulses that are not healthy. Yeah, it's a rom com. Yeah. Um, so let's see. How do I want to get this? I did. I did relationship rankings, but do you want to just do some general discussion before we get to our uh, relationship power rankings? Yeah, let's just let's just cut through the movie a little bit before we get to that, and then do you want to <laughs> do you want to try to recast at the end? Oh, recast. Part of, my part of me was like, if you had to put the PLL troop in this movie, oh, wow. who would you cast? <laughs> They'd just be all the American girls, right? Um, Oof. Yeah. I, I, I kind of wonder, and maybe some of our listeners from across the pond could let us know, like, what do you English people think of this movie? Because it's yeah. very, very British in a way that doesn't feel entirely like the person who made it was from UK. Like it could be wrong there. I'm not sure. Richard Curtis. Yeah. yeah, he's he's British. He is okay. Yeah, there's something the, feels slightly he's the poor, inauthentic. He's in a guy. Oh, is he okay? Hmm. Um, oh, he did about and, time. Okay, which yeah, this guy's also, got some some odd ideas about love. I guess you would say. Well, like, and also people who who can answer that question that you asked, like. What did you think when like the pseudo sequel came out earlier this year? And did you like look forward to it? Were you how was that? I I didn't watch it. I I feel like I'd been hearing about that for at least three years or something that it, mm-hmm. it and it was just for the stupid red nose day thing, which I have an unbelievable amount of animosity for. I'm not sure why. I just hate you that, hate all charities that they invented this fake holiday, and I I also hate hate red noses in general. Like I. I, it fills me with disgust when I see somebody with a red nose on their face. Oh, anyway, take. that's my hot take. I did not watch the the weird quasi sequel, whatever thing they did. No, sorry. I was asking the listeners. I know you hadn't watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It feels weird to quote Buffy at the end of 2017, but like, I just kept thinking of that quote from Buffy, like love makes you do the wacky and then fucking some in this movie. Um, yeah, so this movie, what you really want from a romantic comedy is to start off with a voiceover from the fucking prime minister. Oh, was that the prime minister? That's Hugh Grant. It is? Okay. Did you not know he was the prime minister? I knew he was the prime minister. I, okay. For some reason, I didn't recognize that as Hugh Grant at the beginning. It's just had to be me. They're really reaching with these kind of like supposedly like unscripted just like video footage of people at airports hugging each other you know like they're really like trying to turn the screws as soon as they can on this yeah and it almost i don't know it feels manipulative for sure but like unearned a little bit like we're kind of kind of hide behind these real people uh as some sort of like message or something but then to immediately segue into the crassness of seasonal manipulation with like the whole Bill Nighy thing, mm-hmm. who's as much as he started to eventually really wear on me, is playing a better Mick Jagger than Mick Jagger is these days. What is he? His like movements as he's singing, he's doing these weird like kind of like like legs splayed out wide like he's kind of like sitting on the air like what is going on but he's not doing the full tina turner like jagger does or like the 
the weird clap thing he does. Um, he's wearing a lot of modern art abortions as like rock star blouses. The uh, fashion. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, his, his, I don't know. Now he, I kind of suspect that maybe when this movie came out, this was all a lot more outrageous. And mm-hmm. it's just the fact that it's like, you know, 14 years later that you're just kind of like, eh, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, he joked about sleeping with Britney Spears. Like, it just doesn't, doesn't have quite the impact that it would have, I guess. Well, at this point in someone's career, why wouldn't you sleep with the head vampire from the Underworld movies? <laughs> well, and like, I, maybe it's partly just because reality TV, like trash culture is so taken over modern popular culture that like his shtick of like trashing his song and like being outrageous in interviews is kind of like, like no big deal. You know, it's like you haven't even put out a sex tape. Like, what are you? Well, and you brought up. You brought this up off air before, and I thought it was interesting. We should talk about it. It's kind of funny that the 2017 outing of the Sleazebacks hasn't made its way to the music industry. It has a little. Like, there have been a, a few. But, yeah, that just seems like, we'll be like here an entire industry just right to get century. destroyed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the problem is that people have celebrated it too much. I mean, That's a whole shit movie happening. called Almost yeah. Famous that celebrates it, yeah. But, I mean, just... The whole Rolling Stones, <laughs> their whole lives are something vile happening to the uh, fairer sex. Um, yeah, so we get Liam Neeson eventually, and I don't know what his relationship to Emma Thompson is. I, I guess they're just friends. I was trying to figure that out because it kind of seems like they're related, but then wouldn't that make Hugh Grant his brother? So I'm not sure. Maybe she was the sister of the dead wife. Like It's really unclear as to how they know each other. But they but seem they seem a little too close to be friends. Like, why are they friends? I I don't know. But then, like, wouldn't Hugh Grant, Emma Thompson, you know, on top of their already busy plate, like, be a little concerned about their dead sister? But just did, the uh, I mean, that would have been Hugh Grant didn't even go to the funeral. You know, I just had a head of state. I can't. You know, um, but I love that she just immediately starts off just like, "Hey, can I call you back? I'm not that terribly concerned that your wife just died." Yeah, I have to talk to my kid about their play. Liam Neeson, he does this in a lot of movies. There's this quality about him where I feel like I'm constantly watching him slum it. Like, he seems so cheesy in this movie to me. Like, like he's like Liam Neeson, like, I want to be more relatable. You know, and like, he's just, I don't know, like, trying so hard. He just seems so out of place. I had to immediately go watch the uh, the Life's Too Short scene where he does the improv. I don't know if you ever saw that. Uh, I did not know. It's it's intensely in Neeson trying to do improv where he just keeps going back to, well, like I just said, I've got full blown AIDS. <laughs> Get out of my way, asshole. <laughs> this uh, was before his wife died too, which makes it sort of weird yeah, to watch now. Yeah, it's kind of icky in that regard. I don't know if I call I remember- it icky necessarily, but it's well, it's it adds an extra layer of something there. I don't like celebrity news but i mean i have seen some of it on occasion i remember reading some article about him like wandering down the streets of new york in the hours after she had passed and like he's just like wailing with agony and i just ever thinking like oh gosh i wish i could get that out of my brain as i'm watching the funeral scenes and what have you here this funeral scene a funeral and a wedding like in the first 20 minutes (laughs) that funeral scene is kind of brutal like i maybe that's what they're going for but it's like 
it's not like they really like put a happy face on the events necessarily. Like he's just like, here's this cheesy thing that she demanded at her funeral. And it's like, it's just just fucking depressing. you know. Well, like, yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed to like look in the camera and smirk or laugh or cry. Like no one, nobody who's watching is really like kind of like charmed by it. It's, it's just like bleak. Yeah, it's not like, oh, this is so Joanna. It's, it's not like uh, like the funeral in like Elizabethtown or something where it just like turns into like this comedy cut up or something. Yeah. Um, then my nemesis shows up. Fucking Chris Marshall. So who's um, Chris Marshall? He's the he's the fucking creep who's going to go to America. He's oh, that HR guy. nightmare okay. number one. Mm, Try my beautiful nuts. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, he does suck. He. I don't know. I don't know how far that English accent would really get him in America. Especially in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. No, uh, Wisconsin. So then we find out uh, Chuitao's going to marry Keira Knightley after a wild night with some transgendered Brazilian sex workers. So was Andrew Lincoln trying to sabotage his friend there by like hiring a bunch of prostitutes to a stag party? He he doesn't he seem like he's in a completely different movie. I know I've seen like the uh, where someone recut it as a horror movie <laughs> with him, centered around him, but one hundred percent, I don't buy his friendship with this guy. He, like t- I don't know how the sequel is not them like having an affair or they've she's left Chuitao and already See, is like left this guy. I don't think she was was ever going to leave her husband there. I don't know. I mean. So I'll I'll be honest up front. When I first watched this movie, I really liked the whole Andrew Lincoln Kira Knightley thing because I was on cold medicine and not watching too closely. It's hard to watch now. Um, I I definitely could not rank that as my number one romance. I think people. I think you're supposed to put yourself in his shoes that mm-hmm. one time on the night of a thousand unrequited crushes, but it's not cool well a lot of this movie feels way too rushed and brief for the various plot lines and it really is just hoping that you will fill up all the gaps with you know your your own headcanon there your own personality to kind of make it work for you and if you Mm -hmm. don't then it it feels real flimsy but also it's a lot of like well, I don't know, Dad. I don't think she's actually all that interested in me. Who gives a fuck about her feelings, Sam? You gotta go tell her. <laughs> Put it right on her. <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily bad advice. I, I don't think he's saying don't care about her feelings. It's just like you're always going to regret this if you don't say something. You know, that's part of growing up is getting shot down. Have you done a lot of the uh, like the boombox outside someone's window? I have not. Now um, the other like some of the other relationships that. I in my mind it was like there was more of it like the uh Colin Firth and his maid Aurelia mm-hmm. they have like two scenes together or something before like they're in love like it just happens so fast it's well, like he like drives her home and then she like kind of bumps into him looking for his ringing phone and then she's jumping into the lake for him and like just making bedroom eyes like it's like okay yeah well and and the ink is it's not even that it's dry. It's not even wet on his like divorce or what have you yet. I think she was just a girlfriend. I don't know. Okay. I mean, who first, left him for his brother? For, well, that whole thing is weird because like she that's like Sienna Guillory, I think um, she's too hot for Colin Firth in this movie. Mm. And so it's like, OK, I could see her like stepping out. But then like his brother looks like a total schlub. And it's yeah. like, I, I don't know. 
why would you cheat on Colin Firth with that dude? Because that dude looks like nothing. I mean, I guess if you came to the podcast and you thought I wasn't going to shit on Colin Firth, you were wrong. Mm Because the guy looks at best like a handsome Muppet to me, and he sounds like one. Um, Are you sure you don't want to come to this wedding with me? Yeah, I can't stand this guy. Uh, So yeah, as we said, Hugh Grant's the prime minister who apparently just just won. I mean, he's How, how did this guy get elected? Oh, like, uh, just, uh, just charm, stuttering charm. Um, he's not super eager to run the country, which is what you want in a politician. Yeah, he kind of just wants to hang out. It, although, it's like it, the job somehow got handed to him. Although British politics is like bird science. No one understands it. I think you half the time, it's like you make deals and that's how you become the prime minister. Coalitions, what have you. Yeah, you're the leader of your party and your party has enough seats or forms a coalition or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, or whatever. Emphasis mm-hmm. on the whatever. He um, seems awfully young. I don't know how maybe that isn't totally uncommon. Uh, Blair was sort of young once upon a time, wasn't he? When he was prime yeah. minister. <laughs> I like the uh, the Robert Harris novel that came the Polanski movie that posited that perhaps Blair was a uh, CIA asset. <laughs> Didn't he convert to Catholicism? I have no idea. Yeah. They're still a little touchy about that in the UK, you know? Mm. Is it all uh, C of E? You cannot be... I'm pretty sure you still can't be the king or queen or whatever if you're Catholic. I think that's like still technically on the books there. You have to abdicate. Okay. Nor can you uh, marry a divorced individual after we learned in the early 1900s. So, yeah, we find out that right. the PM... Well, we don't, we don't need to do scene by scene here. He says now. Yeah. Uh, well, the, I think the main yeah. things with, like, Natalie, she seems very charming. For some reason, there are a lot of people commenting on her weight, which, like, was that in the script before they cast the role? Because, like, she's smoking hot. Like, there's... Yeah, she's <laughs> adorable. Yeah. And the one chick is just, like, definitely got a bit of an ass there. Like... <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, what did you think of the wedding where everyone in the like did did Keir Knightley be like, that's funny, I'm at my own wedding and I literally don't know any of these people because they're all apparently in a band. I <laughs> here to perform a Beatles cover. You know how I feel about weddings. This whole scene made me very uncomfortable. Really? Mm-hmm. You got wedding anxiety watching this? I do not like weddings. Are you Looking to at some point have your own wedding where no. like the best man will be making like a spank tape no. camcorder of your wife. I just want to know, did he edit that tape later? Because it's very artfully cut. I mean, you can shoot on the fly like that if you kind of plan ahead and are, you know, careful with how you do it. But it kind of seems like he, he cut that together later. No, he he spent hours cutting that together <laughs> when he was taking time away from making like women's skin suits. Yeah, what is with his artwork? Andrew Lincoln's artwork in this movie. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's so, like these tiny, like 10 foot by 12 foot portraits of like a woman's bare chest with Santa hats on her nipples. Like what the fuck? Or it's a bunch of like naked men, like facing away from a camera with Santa hats on. Is, is all of the art in the gallery his? I think so. Cause like when he, when she's watching the tape, she appears to be in his like studio there. There's like these big giant like canvases like in the background. So I think so I that's his, his stuff. 
his studio or if he just works at the gallery and that's like the bat or i guess he lives at the gallery too so yeah no i think that's like his place so like, he's just like i exclusively shoot bums just lots it, of bums and and uh, breasts covered with the nipples are covered up with santa hats yeah that's some dark shit right there um <laughs> also i just noticed that my notes uh, <laughs> wanted to go ahead and autocorrect everything to colon birth Anyway, so Chris Marshall is the shitty waiter at the reception who, man, everything of him is just so awkward and painful. What is this guy's job exactly? Because he's showing up at the office and passing out things. Is he just like a a delivery boy slash caterer? Yeah, I guess he's just got a couple jobs and they're all food related. It is weird that like they kind of try to connect everyone in somewhere or other in this movie. It doesn't totally make sense. Well, like when Andrew Lincoln shows up at the Christmas party. Because he like he knew like Emma Thompson's character, I think, or something. Or maybe it's just there because no. it was his artwork or it, it's his gallery. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's because his gallery or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the then the assistant or receptionist, isn't she the one who booked it? The yeah, dark yeah. place for doing dark deeds. What is maybe up she's with- just like what well, is up with is, Mia? She is. She's not uh, a real person. I just. I, no. Maybe theoretically there is some you know scheming woman out there who's like looking to get ahead at work, but like it just it didn't seem like this was a person that existed in reality. Who's just like really thirsty for her boss, Professor Snape, for no reason that we can really tell. Yeah, I mean, she's like a male fantasy who might also be a vampire who might also like kill him later. It seems like she existed to kind of titillate the audience, but make us feel like, well, Snape was sort of forced into it. Or, you know, it's like it's kind of like giving him a little bit of a pass, not like not not 100 percent of a pass, but it's it's making him feel more sympathetic, I think, than if he was like the aggressor in that situation. His problem is that he does not shut things down at the appropriate time. But then again, look at his fucking office. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> nothing I, is getting shut down there. He's like, uh, Laura Laney, could you come in here? Why haven't you and takes a shit guy smashed yet? You need to get on that. Everyone knows you want to fuck Carl. Um, yeah, I mean, I imagine Mia's resume just said, I'm a walking vagina. And he's like, perfect. Answer the phones. Um, well, there's no real suggestion that like she necessarily wants anything else other than to have an affair with him. Right. And it's like, I don't know, you just enjoy like ruining marriages. Like what exactly is your goal? You're, you're somehow in love with this dude for some reason. There's more depth to the character in the play in um, clouds of Sils Maria, <laughs> who this initially started to remind me of like, she just says everything like it's all for you. <laughs> yeah. Get <laughs> me something nice a... and you can have me all of me. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no substance to even her, I, I say air quotes flirtation. Yeah. Then there's, uh, there's the world's biggest budget porno. I mean, the side of Caligula. There's a Mark lot. Freeman. There's a lot of nudity in this movie. Yeah. And I'm, it, it's not necessarily an adult movie, you know, like it's, it's kind of weird because it's, this isn't the theoretical kind of like movie made for adults with some nudity here and there. And it's like, no, this is kind of a cheesy PG 13 movie that just happens to have nudity in it for, yeah, I don't know. Some reason, like, if they made this now, they would cut all that out so they get the PG thirteen rating. Lots of tits. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. What did you think of Martin Freeman and Joanna Page there in that whole plot line of the like I honestly soft found... core porn stand-ins? Or maybe it's it's an I don't know. It's hard to tell what this movie is exactly. Well, here's the sad thing is their their relationship, you know, preview of, of our rankings at the end, their relationship is the most I guess okay, most acceptable to me, most on the level. They're both coming from a pretty equal place, even though it's a bizarre writer-director fantasy. Like, I found them to be so boring. Incredibly boring. I mean, presumably they're stand-ins for a sex scene that I just don't think Hollywood would make with Well, that that's a pretty extreme sex scene. There's like, you know, mimicking blowjobs and It's like, the Team America. She's like sitting on his face. Yeah, it's like what the fuck movie is this for? I was waiting for the one where like he's looking over his shoulder while like they're like simulating like felching or something. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Billy Bob Thornton as the uh the U.S. president here is this the the sleaziest depiction of somebody pretending to be a U.S. president since uh, you know who? Yeah, I mean he's basically like George W. with some some sass and some guile and like the attributes of like his predecessor. It just seems fucking gross. And like, then statistically gross. And then Hugh Grant he fires Natalie because the U.S. president made a pass at her. And so like, like then he has to get rid of her because like his ego is bruised or something. It's kind of messed up. Yeah. Cause it's, well, you don't really get the feeling that he's doing this because he wants a professional workplace or something like that. No, he's definitely like jealous and like kind of all like butthurt because it looked like, you know, the U S president was like cucking him there. We got two or three scenes of, of these kind of harmless cutesy interaction, him and Natalie. And then every time she leaves, He's just like, oh bother. He's oh bother. He is so flustered, like immediately by her. Yeah. 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 That's a vote well placed. Uh, How did that guy get elected? That's what I want to know. Uh, so the Basie Rollers are playing at the funeral. They're also playing at the wedding reception, with the question of is this guy a bad DJ or not. He, sh- the DJ showed up in a fucking motorhead shirt. So it's like, what do you think? Anti motorhead, huh? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, your, just, your buddy Chris Marshall there goes and insults the cook or the chef or whatever. Yeah, the caterer. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, shouldn't he know who she is? Because he's the Seriously? caterer. Seriously. And he's who, just that that thick. <laughs> who exactly is his buddy here who he's like constantly telling about his big plans for America? Does this guy work there? He's just hanging out like reading a newspaper. I'm not exactly is sure. He, is he the the assistant director or whatever on the set? You mean when they made the movie? Or no, in no, the, no, no, no. Yeah, I think he's I think he is. Yeah, he's on that like porn movie shoot. Okay. So I guess he's just he's just a he just hangs around. Not, yeah. Even he's not doing the porn movie shoot. He's like a guest at the wedding. Or he just That's like, a- hey, my, my buddy's got a catering gig today at this wedding reception. I'm just going to go hang out in the back and read a newspaper and like mooch off the food. Yeah, just I'll sneak you in. Mm-hmm. But bring a newspaper and read it at the reception. So, yeah, he's, you know, he's like script <laughs> supervisor or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I mean, like lots of just on the nose cutesy jokes with the who do I have to screw around here to get a cup of tea and a chocolate oh, biscuit? And yeah. of course, it's Natalie in this post Lewinsky movie. It really felt like this movie was written like six years earlier or like, you know, five years earlier. And then 9-11 happened and they're like, ah, fuck it. We're not going to change anything. We'll we'll keep the airport scene in at the end. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the TSA situation at the airport would be a nightmare. <laughs> mm-hmm. They would have just fucking shot that kid. <laughs> yes, they would have. Country would have shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we find out Chris Marshall is, is as his friend calls him, he's a ugly weird asshole which is true uh he's gonna go to america to wisconsin because he thinks that the uptight birds of england are his problem why he's not getting That's laid his problem yeah but american girls are just like loose as, as cabooses and he's once he gets to america like he's just gonna be a fuck god with his accent and then so he, he somehow is yeah yeah, so he's he's going to go to Wisconsin, the fucking cheese state, which Chris Marshall Marshall is a fucking cheese state. Um, yeah, and then somehow Wisconsin, Wisconsin cheese sucks. By the way, sorry. Which like got, got a rep for California Our cheese is way better. He Oregon's mentions too. it early, like in the movie, and then he doesn't go to Wisconsin for like an hour, but he keeps popping up to be like, "By the way, I'm still going to Wisconsin, mate." You know, he, he somehow rented out his flat for three weeks to afford the ticket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Laura Linney knows Andrew Lincoln. She's at this wedding. So they're they're friends. It seems like they're they somehow know each other. I don't know. Either that or she's hitting on him. Why can't he date her? <laughs> well, she she was the one who thought that he was in love with Chutel Leisure for right that's right yeah. that's right yeah yeah and she's like so like you're in love with that dude right i mean it's pretty obvious that he's in love with one of the two like yeah yeah we shouldn't be able to be, able to be uh, that hard to do the math there i mean yeah Mia, the assistant is making intense fuck eyes at alan rickman just mm-hmm. like uh walking dead is making intense fuck eyes at this couple this newlywed couple yeah, I mean, they could have been a couple, Laura Linney and Andrew Lincoln, but he's, I don't know, too hung up on Kira Knightley. Would have saved a lot of problems, yeah. Uh, so Liam Neeson basically, he does eventually consult with Emma Thompson, however they know each other. He's the stepdad to the kid from Game of Thrones and Godless and countless other Jojen. things. Jojen. Uh, he's he's, now he's also saddled. in The Force Awakens. Who do you play in The Force Awakens? He's like a random Imperial. Nice. Um, yeah, he's now he's now saddled with this kid uh, who's who's 90% hair, just big hair. Uh, so who's this kid's father? Who knows? Not around. See, he, he, they mentioned that he's the stepdad. Yeah. And his wife died. So I guess the wife had this kid with some other bloke earlier. That right. guy. We don't know where that guy is. I mean, I mean, headcanon, it's Bill Nye for all we know. Yeah. There you go. Or his fat manager. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really curious as to how exactly Liam Neeson and Emma Thompson, like, what is their relation to each other? Yeah, so I, I, I almost want them to be brother and sister just to make it even weirder that Hugh Grant, like, didn't show up at the funeral and doesn't seem to give a shit about this guy. <laughs> I mean, I guess, or just a movie where Liam Neeson and Hugh Grant play brothers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
But he's got the dorky, like, I'm not prepared to be a dad. He seems comfortable with the kid. The kid seems comfortable with him. Who knows how long they've been in each other's lives. Yeah, it's like, did they just, did he, like, marry his wife for, like, healthcare reasons or something? (laughs) First date, she's like, BT Dubs, I've got the cancer. Mm -hmm. Real bad. Riddled with it. Full-blown AIDS. Seems like he doesn't know this kid too well, but they do get on pretty well, I would say. Yeah, I mean, but he's got like the the not prepared to be a dad concerns. Like, I don't know, is the kid injecting heroin into his eyeballs? Um, and then Emma Thompson, who is very dry and not letting him wallow in what should be his misery, is just like, get a grip. People hate sissies. No <laughs> one's gonna ever shag you if you cry all the time. His wife like just died. Yeah, they just had. The <laughs> he's like, you got to get back out there. Get back out there, man. Do some fucking. Yeah, which he'll talk about with the kid, too. Mm-hmm. Also, that scene, Frosted Flakes, is so prominently displayed. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just, I my heart kept breaking in this movie because Laura Linney, she'll put on makeup to be ignored by, like, Carl slash takes a shit guy. Should we explain why we call him takes a shit guy or should we just let that ride? <laughs> maybe at the end. Okay, maybe. So call him for the handsome Muppet will go to France because his wife slash girlfriend left him for his even more Muppety brother. Well, he uh, was already planning to go, but then the one like as a vacation or whatever. And then the, his, was like, he? Girl, yeah. Cause he, they're like, Oh, where's your girlfriend or whatever. And he's like, Oh, it's just me. Uh, when he, he's like introduced by the, the housekeeper. Okay. Um, he's there like to write a book apparently, which he seemingly writes half of in like two days or something. Mm-hmm. like when the when all the pages blow away it's just like it's half the book it's like no i'm sorry you did not write half a book in like the week that you've been here well if you did it's terrible well it's absolutely terrible i, pr- I promise you that but the I, I did pause to go listen to the gilbert o'sullivan song when he mentions it but so nice cabin i totally buy the writing in the cabin i don't buy the affectation that i need to go to a, a cabin in france with a typewriter yeah I, but like again on the fucking dock, that is just. Oh, what are you the doing? The hubris. The hubris. Next to a lake on a windy day, you're gonna go right on. You're not stacks a fucking paper. painter. <laughs> you're you're just a wordsmith. God damn you! It's like he wanted it to happen. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then Aurelia, which is a ridiculous name, like she strips down to like go save his stupid pages, which are not worth the effort. And he is just. Do you think? Do you think her. maybe she was? Uh, I don't know, doing that to get his attention or something. She doesn't seem to like him at all until like it's almost like a dun 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 plot twist that she might actually like him. I don't know why no, I think she likes him. I mean, like during the actual lake scene, I feel like her tone is very harsh. Like I bet these pages aren't even worth this, and blah blah blah. I, I, maybe she's just cold. I don't know. She seems like she's already flirting with him in the scene before with the uh, the cell phone and whatnot, bumping into she, him. She's definitely giving it to him. As good as she's not absolutely getting it from Colin Firth. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Prime Minister Hugh Grant is like aching for his assistant. I think he's trying to affably charm fuck her to death. I don't know why he doesn't just call James Bond to assassinate her shitty ex-boyfriend and told her she had a fat ass. Um, there's like Maggie Thatcher jokes, which is... Cut away to the Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, portrait, and um, I had forgotten about this in my first viewing that the the dynamic between Andrew Lincoln and Karen Knightley here is that like 
he's very standoffish and, and kind of like borderline rude with her. And mm-hmm. then that was like a thing that even his buddy Chiwetel knew about. And it was like, hey, like she, she wants to call you, like be nice to her for once. Like do me the solid mate and like don't be a dick to my wife. I, I totally forgotten that that was their happened? dynamic. Wouldn't that conversation have already happened? Uh, maybe. I mean, who knows? It could have been an ongoing one or I don't know. Um, the thing I forgot about Keira Knightley, especially in this movie, is she is grinny as fuck. Like, I don't hate her smile. She's a lovely young woman, but her smile seems like an affection that she's required and it's spreading all over her face. What a nice uh, thing to say about Keira Knightley. <laughs> she's big smile. It just gets bigger and bigger. Um, but yeah, like I had forgotten his weird dynamic with her. It made this all, you know, in addition to other things, a little less romantic that he's like, yeah. he's kind of like high school with her, you know, or he's like, I'm just going to be rude to you because I like you. Yeah. While making secret like spank bank tapes of you. I don't know if I call uh, that a spank bank tape. It's more like a weird soccer tape, but sure. Well, I mean, what's the point of being like a murderous stalker if you're not also getting off on it? I mean, what are we doing here? Wasting everyone's time. Um, yeah, Mia. Jesus Just Christ. like Just spreading the- her legs right in front of this dude. Like, yeah. Full of dark owners for doing dark deeds. I mean, this is no longer seduction. This is a prelude to sex murder. Speaking of <laughs> serialized violence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Bad Santa shows up as the president. The uh the, the Titanic scene that really is like six years past its sell by date. There, it's like, oh, we got to do the King of the World bit again. Do you remember? You remember the late '90s when like every <laughs> fucking TV show had to do their "I'm the King of the World" joke, and I'm not sure why because it was never funny, like ever. Yeah. No. But like they all the late night shows did it, all the sitcoms did it, and it's like, why exactly do we keep making this this weird not joke joke over again? I wonder if did the office ever do it? Because the office is really good about doing they like might seven have. year old yeah. seven year old jokes. Um it's like something Dwight would have done. Yeah, Billy Bob is sinister in this as the president. Like, I'll give you anything you ask for, as long as it's not something I don't want to give. Yeah, it seems like a scumbag. Fucking American presidents. Uh yeah. So what did you think of the uh the cultural approximation that the press conference gives of the tiny island nation of England? The country of Shakespeare, Churchill, the Beatles, Sean Connery, and Harry Potter. That's it. And uh, Beckham's left foot and his right. No. Yeah. <laughs> so Emma Thompson is giving intense character backstory details like she loves Joni Mitchell. And that uh, Joni Mitchell is like her sexual awakening or something. Yeah, it's, that's why uh, Professor Snape, Hans Gruber, doesn't have a cold, frigid Sh- wife, apparently. Shouldn't he know this by now? They seem like they've been married for 20 years. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's just one of those things where like older couples they just forget after a while and they just keep telling each other the same stories. They do give a a timestamp on their relationship. It's like less than twenty, but it's more than fifteen. I thought. Mm, okay. But yeah, you would have thought this conversation would have come up to the point where like Christmas and year seventeen of your marriage wouldn't be like uh, a Joni Mitchell CD. Like, doesn't she already have the CD? Come on, man. No, man. <laughs> <laughs> what, how is she she's got her? itunes by now like she's good yeah it's 2003 people yeah um i was shocked at how boring and tiny the prime minister's bedroom is what was with the weird dancing scene it was 
it was almost like they were like uh it's Hugh Grant like everybody loves like Hugh Grant rom-com star we're gonna like give him some goofy stuff to do that doesn't even connect to anything else really like like it's not like he's interrupted by Natalie when he's dancing it's it's some it's like the older housekeeper it's like what what was the point of that scene I feel like ever since the big chill you have to have the weird dancing scene but it should be like a group thing if nothing else Oh, that's just pure big chill, though. You got to vary it up a little bit. But I mean, yeah, the Pointer Sisters of all things. And what really bothers me is after a while, he can't hear the music. He doesn't even have the headphones on. Yeah, he's like downstairs, and somehow the music is still there. Is he just like he's feeling it? What he's, the hell? he's singing along in his head. Also, there's like this weird kind of like commentary on the fringes in this movie like there's like the joke about like the play that they're putting on where there's like a lobster and then mm-hmm. at the nativity scene um later on emma Thompson holds up two like barbie dolls or fake barbie dolls and she's like oh which one should i give you know our daughter the drag queen barbie or dominatrix barbie or whatever she says and it's right. like i don't it's it's very specific like it's you know it's not like uh it's not the kind of line that would get noted in, you know, it's a line that would get noted out, I feel like, but it's still yeah. there. I, I guess that's just the, the writer's own sense of humor. Richard Curtis there. Just a little, little bit shocking for the middle mm-hmm. class, I guess. Um, it's, yeah, it's not, it's not even that. I mean, it's, it's just designed to have your audience like questioning. And if you're questioning some aspect, you're buying in on some level, you're accepting some aspect of the movie rather than ignoring it. But like, it's not that she bought the two dolls. It's that there was she bought the two dolls, and then there's a question mm-hmm. of which one to give their daughter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the transvestite doll obviously is going to go to our son. Um, I didn't notice this later, but uh, when Colin Firth offers Aurelia like a croissant or something like that, she says like, "No thanks." If you'd seen my daughter or my sister, you'd understand. I didn't pick that up the first time. Oh, does she? I totally missed yeah. that. Yeah. And she's like, "Don't go eating too much yourself. You're getting chubbier every day." Real, yeah, real. It's not just it's not just so solely centered on women with like the the weight comments and the body shaming, but there's it's it feels harsher towards the women because um, we I mean, you do this, get Bill Nye talking about his fat manager constantly. This may be a little bit of a British sensibility there. I don't know, like, yeah, um, yeah, it's fucking pages in the water. What what was up with Mister Bean in this movie? Is he some sort of like? I don't know, like like angel of love or something. It's well, like he's you, he's. In did t- you read? No, I did not. I did not he's do any to, research on this. He so there's there's one storyline that was cut, and there's deleted scenes of his character. He hmm. is supposed to be an angel of love. Okay, I guess like I an actual angel from heaven of love. I guess he's supposed to appear in more of the storylines, like gently nudging. Mm-hmm. I just trying to keep to Snape be- from cheating. I guess by by delaying in that scene. I guess I just was waiting for him to be like, I'm actually Loki, the trickster God. (laughs) Um, The other deleted scene, which is super Christmassy, was about one of the old ladies somewhere in the background. There's some there's some real actors who are like in the background as extras, basically. Um, And it's like her dying, also elderly, like lesbian lover, which is super Christmassy. Of course, they cut that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. This movie's already two hours and fifteen minutes long. You could have, you could have never had the British tool who goes to America. Like you could have cut that guy. We would not in miss life, anything. You, in life, you could have cut. You him, could yeah. have cut the Martin Freeman, Joanna Page stuff. Nobody would have missed it. 
no, it was totally unnecessary. Um, yeah, so like I said, Kira Knightley shows up to get the wedding video from Walking Dead. Um, I do like this scene. It's it's painful, but I, I feel like this is like occasionally the the movie like kind of executes well dramatically, like this, and later on when Emma Thompson gets the CD instead of the necklace and whatnot. Um, this is just a good scene here. She slowly realizes that like it's all her. Yeah, I've never never left my home with another person in it and just said like lock up when you leave or you need to work on that i guess i i I do need to trap more people in my home Mm -hmm. i've also i don't think i've ever done the thing where i've walked around in circles in public because like i'm really debating whether or not i want to go back (laughs) to the point where other people are having to veer around me i mean another movie he'd be wearing her skin as a bathrobe in five minutes time we get some dido on the soundtrack oh yeah which is funny because you and i were just talking about her and this song in particular offline the other day this is the video of David Boreanaz in it. Oh, this the uh, white flag is that the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like the original of like Lord's Green Light, but classic Dido of the era. Uh, then the, the uh, when he when we got to talk about the way he uh, Andrew Lincoln like frustratingly like zips up his weird collared. Uh, he has like this jacket with like this big old turtlenecky collar on, like. And he yeah. zips it up like kind of like forcefully. I don't know. It's just really funny the way he does that. <laughs> he's like he's so mad that he's gonna like give himself a, a higher turtleneck collar. He has so little character. Like he has some moments and some events, but I feel like there's not a lot of attempts for nuance. I don't know this character. I'm not supposed to. I guess he's like uh, he's a an attribute, a paradigm, but like. I don't know if he'd be good at comedy or not. I I don't think I really like him in the little bit of Walking Dead I've seen. <laughs> it's hard to believe that this is that character. Uh, so back in in Ten Downing Street, the one assistant just goes out of her way to like body shame Natalie. That well, she's I mean, chubby. He's just like, oh, you know, um, the the housekeeper Natalie, and she's like, oh, yeah, the fat one. Like, what the fuck? Who who would yeah. respond that way? Well. Even in 2003, would you, public servant, civil yeah. servant, say to your boss, the prime minister, oh, she has a sizable ass. <laughs> I like how he's just like, could you, uh, could you uh, just uh, redistribute her? <laughs> Which is like, I'm sorry, is that MI5 code for have her assassinated? I think so. Uh, this, this Christmas party here where like Emma Thompson's definitely noticing all the time that her husband's spending with mia here mia who's like wearing a costume with like devil horns for some reason i don't know it does it did not appear to be a costume party everything of me is a costume party. it'd be it'd be a little weird like everyone else is dressed normally and she's like dressed like the, the devil seductress here you know everything of me is a costume party and she always goes as 1990s sharon stone uh yeah so just because I have it in my notes chronologically, we pass another yet another scene of Colin Firth and the housekeeper. The score felt like something out of Downton Abbey in their scenes. I kept writing down in my notes if she had been ten years younger, I think Ezra Fitz would have been interested in her. Oh, the the Bill Nighy like dirty Robert Palmer Christmas video. <laughs> yeah. Um, Santa girls like playing the instruments, licking their lips, playing drums of upskirt shots. That's not the weirdest part of that. It's watching Bill Knight unbutton his blazer to caress his own chest. 
I mean, I guess it works because he's just he's just a weird, outrageous character. But yeah. Which don't get me wrong, I like Bill Nighy just fine, but he's got like Jack Skellington's like physique. <laughs> I think that the his I think his weird, like rangy, wiry body probably works for this role. Like you you he seems believable as like a washed up old rock star from like the seventies. He's definitely, I think, the best cast other than Hugh Grant, maybe. And is definitely having the most fun. Uh, which we get a shot of Hugh Grant or Liam Neeson's stepson watching this music video, learning how to like, disrespect women. I got it. Yeah, I need to be a rock star. <laughs> this is how the patriarchy thrives. But yeah, Liam Neeson, who is an architect, he's not busy. He's plenty of time to architect classic movie job. Well, because earlier I was like, why do they have so many bookshelves in their home? I mean, that's cool. I'm envious. But what job gives you that? Can we talk about Car- uh, takes a shit guy and Laura Lenny here? She like. She finally dances with, with him at the party, takes him home. She's all happy, cleans her room, and then like she gets her, her top off, and then the phone rings, and then it rings again. And takes a shit, guys. Just, I don't know, does he just leave? He's just like, yeah, no thanks. Not into this. No baggage. So this is after... Fast forward, rewind just one second to... Um, I'm trying to get us through not doing every fucking scene of this movie because we've been talking for almost an hour. I know, but this is where Emma Thompson, right before this, has told Laura Linney that she's uncomfortable with her husband dancing with the assistant, which is really like tying the complicated office shit into more of a weird knot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it takes a shit guy and and Laura Linney. They are making out to the Justin Timberlake song. That's the one I believe Eric Dan was in the video for. Mm. And then the song changes to another slow jam, if you could consider Nora Jones to be a slow jam. Uh, I would consider her to be a slow jam. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the whitest thing we've ever said on this, this podcast. Do you think Snape slept with Mia? No. You don't think so? She's got. I don't. She's she, like sitting up from like kind of a must bed later in like kind of like pajama clothes or whatever, and she's putting on the necklace. Like, where did she get the necklace? I'll put it this way. I don't think it matters. I think he's already crossed the line. Yeah, but I don't know. There's there's lines and there's bigger lines, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it's it's already it's too far. It's too much. Uh, do you think Texas shit guy thought he was going to have a bigger career? He's the Brazilian Tom Cruise. I mean, of course. My point exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he thought Lost, Love Actually, and Xerxes? That's my... He was in that movie Focus. That's my nest egg. You remember Focus? That's right, he was in Focus. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad movie. I think uh, Will Smith is the most miscast part of that movie. Maybe. I mean, he was he was fine. Uh, let's but, see. Takes a shit guy. Oh, Westworld. Can't forget Westworld. He's, he's Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a cruelness to this movie, though. Because you have Emma Thompson... You know, mentioning her own body insecurities, having to warn her husband not to go too far with the pretty assistant. Then the movie cuts to the assistant stripping down of the bra and panties. It, it's like, a weird cut. Showing off her young hotness. It, it is a weird cut because it's she's not doing anything else in the scene. Like it's not like a really a motivated cut. It's just like, by the way, this is what she looks like. I mean, I guess maybe we can see that like she was obviously wearing like some crazy lingerie under that dress. Like maybe she was hoping that uh, she'd be sleeping with her boss that night or something. 
I feel like you're at the premiere and you're watching this and you look over at Richard Curtis and he's just like doing like the eyebrows thing. Like it's Groucho Marx at you the whole mm-hmm. time. Also, um, her, her whole bedroom, she looks like she has like Catwoman's apartment practically or something <laughs> like this is a very porny bedroom. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what did you what did you what was your first thought when you saw Laura Linney's brother? Who do you look like to you? Uh, like. Overweight Kevin Nealon, I guess. Okay, I was like, my first thought was like, damn, John Cusack let himself go. Yeah, this, I can see point. Cusack. Yeah, he's got the chin. It's like a, it's like a very serious scene. Well, it's he's... like it's it's super depressing. It's like you see why she has to answer her phone constantly, and you know what a burden this has been on her. And then it's just like, anyway, let's go back to you know Snape flirting with his secretary. Well, yeah, I mean, and you know. Not that a man is going to come fix that, but wouldn't it be nice if she had <laughs> somebody that she could rely on and you know feel sexy and like support her and I'm trying to remember, at, at the no. end does she does she have a boyfriend at the end? I can't remember I don't when, they, think when so. it's I like think a year she, later no, it was like a month later a month yeah, it's only one month later I thought it was like a year later no, it's one month later mm-hmm. and she's I think she's just hanging out with the the brother she hanging out with the brother on Christmas, I know that mm-hmm. Uh, so well, well, yeah, Rowan Atkinson is Rowan Atkinson. Blah I, blah blah. I can't claim to be any you know like genius of you know stepping out on your wife or anything, but I feel like if your wife catches you buying something for your mistress, you got to give it to the wife. Like you, you don't just like give it to the mistress anyway. Like Snape is. Well, he idiot. doesn't know. He doesn't know. What do you mean he doesn't know? Well, so you're talking about if she catches you at the jewelry. Yeah, aisle? you've got to okay. you got to get your wife some jewelry, man. I mean, what the fuck. Well, but they they play it off, and that problem is that he thinks that they're okay, that they're all pat with that, because he makes the comment like whatever, however he throws it away, and she's like, "Oh, no worry, I'm used to getting scarves from you, and lucky for you, I like scarves." Mm-hmm. And he's just like, "I'm in the clear," you know. Yeah, he doesn't know that she finds the box. But even before that, like, even if there was no cheating going on, I feel like you can't get caught by your significant other looking at jewelry and then just not get her any jewelry for christmas like right you're setting or an expectation get her there. a car yeah. yeah uh yeah so chris marshall vile scab of an std of a person he's got a giant hiker's backpack full of condoms <laughs> yeah how uh, is- supposedly entirely full of condoms like how many thousands of condoms would that be your penis if you had that much sex would be utterly it would turn black and fall off it it would fall off the cdc would get involved you would be assassinated like you should have been in the first place chris marshall they're not gonna let you internationally travel with that um the stand-ins martin freeman gets like simulated yeah there's just no reason to even talk about their boring ass scenes um yeah. I, I guess it's supposed to be metaphorical that Aurelia and this other dude, Colin Firth, are in the same language class. Like it's, I think it's just stylistic there because they're obviously learning different languages. Yeah, I can't imagine that she went to London mm-hmm. to learn English while he learns Portuguese. Well, I'll give him this. I understand Portuguese is the hardest language to learn. I mean, he's got like a week, maybe two weeks to learn. They They both seem like they're pretty far along. Yeah, but I mean, I guess he would just go straight for the the basic phrases. I mean, presumably he's a writer. He could write out what he wants to say to her, which shockingly is not like, hey, want to get a coffee sometime. It's like marriage. Marriage. Yeah. All the way to marriage. Yeah. 
I commit chatelier. Um Yeah, so Carter's Marshall heading to America finally. His friend is like, you'll come back a broken man. And Chris Marshall responds with like, yeah, back broken from too much sex. Wouldn't like the twist to this be that he like ends up meeting like a, a British girl who's like stuck in Wisconsin or I don't know, something, some sort of wrinkle. So it's not just like, yep. And then he went to America and he was surrounded by hot babes who had a foursome with him. No, it's, it's totally bizarre. I mean, it's like the, it's like a black mirror episode. It's my own personal black mirror. Well, you're like waiting for the, the catch. Like, are they going to murder him or like, like, yeah, I would love it. I would love to see Kim Bauer just like bloody mouth after eating Chris Marshall. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but at the same time, let me just say, honestly, if sex of our women would kill him, I'd allow it. I'd let him travel down that shack highway. Oh, you allow it. I couldn't hate him more because he arrives to America in the voluminous tones of Rob Thomas. So, so early 2000s. Yeah. My kryptonite. Uh, Young January Jones. Yeah. One of the American girls. Yeah. Um, Her best role. No, I'm kidding. Uh, then the calling starts playing. <laughs> Alicia Cuthbert, yeah, Tim Bauer here. Uh, so they have like a Yuletide orgy that I needed to turn into a horror movie massacre just to get the universe right. Doesn't come. They're uh, all the, these girls. They all have like these weird fingerless gloves on. It's it's very strange. I don't know if that's like specifically for drinking or something. I just needed to know what do these girls do that they're hanging out in the bar where no one else is hitting on them. They were just waiting for to- a forgy. Whole well, they go back to their two-story house, of which they all share a bed. I, that that bit—it's like, what the fuck? This is serious. Apparently, they really do have to share. I don't, I don't know what How that does was. He not wake up in a bathtub full of ice with a scar on his side. I mean, maybe that was just them, you know, like setting up the the pretense for them all to have a four G. Uh, they don't normally all sleep naked together in a bed, but. It was, I don't know, this this whole storyline is so bizarre that it's in the movie. Because it, it just seems like from a different movie. Like, for, like from an entirely different type of comedy. I feel like this is probably the sequence that Richard Curtis like fought for. Like, notes, whatever you want else out of the movie. But I have to have this. That and the weird big budget porno stand-ins. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Isn't movie like Denise cold, Richards one of like the, the hot babes at the end? Yeah, she's the surprise. She's the, the the last one to show up. Yeah, yeah. Shannon Elizabeth, which damn, mm-hmm. two thousand three, uh, and then Denise Richards, who I guess was maybe just catching a flight to come play Christmas Jones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the movie is so cold blooded because, like, Emma Thompson gets the Joni Mitchell CD. The assistant gets a necklace. We watched Emma Thompson like destroyed, crying in her bedroom. I and mean, that's a really good scene, and it like. There are parts of this movie that feel like this probably could have been its own movie. You know, like yeah. you could have done just the relationship movie about the dissolution of like Emma Thompson and and Snape's uh, marriage there. Yeah. Or or you you probably could have done, you know, what was it? There's the American president. So you just call it like the British prime minister or something about the <laughs> Hugh Grant falling in love with like that's a movie in itself. Um but for some reason, it's mixed together with everything else. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I'm amazed they never made that movie. It seems like it'd be a, a pretty easy movie to, to flesh out and just, you know, more interactions, more drama. 
I'm just trying to picture like whoever the British Jeanette Benning is, which I would have thought was maybe Emma Thompson, like coming rushing into whatever the prime minister's office is and like, whatever you do, avoid the dodgy end of Watford. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have, again, sudden, suddenly single dad, Liam Neeson, his fun relationship with this kid. They're, they're sarcastic and dry in that British way. They're leveling lives to the point where Liam Neeson totally tells the kid he's going to kick him out to have sex with Claudia Schiffer in every room of the house, including his own. I was thinking, like, was Claudia Schiffer like like the supermodel then, or maybe maybe Not it, in two thousand three? Maybe it fits because Liam Neeson's older. So like when he was younger and kind of in the game, Claudia Schiffer was like the top supermodel. Well, like I don't know, is she married to David Copperfield at this point? Which just marvel the fact that that was a thing. David Copperfield was a guy that sold tickets. Like no, she's, magic she, magic Liberace. She's Tommy's mother. Like did 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 Tommy and uh, Jojen read there? Did they set that up? Was Jojen like, hey Tommy, your mom's a fucking babe. Let's set him up with uh, my like single dad. At the end, those kids totally give each other a look. Like our parents are gonna smash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're excited. <laughs> they're way they're too excited about it. Yeah. Well, like is the joke that like shouldn't the joke be like only he sees her as Claudia Schiffer, like everyone else just sees her as some blonde i mother. think that's that's too much for this movie <laughs> you can't start having like weird like alternate perspectives and visions and whatnot you look like claudia schiffer so i'm going to give you full-blown aids um yeah so bill Nye he keeps making the jokes about spending christmas eve with his poor fat manager he gets the number one single which i'm dreading him getting naked and cavorting on the tv but he's gonna go party felton john um martin freeman like when he drops the girl off uh what's her name again is it uh, joanne it's, it's just judy uh, judy jo- joanna right. page is the actor's name just, just judy mm-hmm. when he drops her off at the the doorstep he, i feel like i'm watching this again it seems like he's not interested in her at all like he like he no, thinks like, like, oh god this was that's... the date's gone bad then she kisses him and she says all i want for christmas is you and once she's gone he's like leaping around like george bailey that's the whole fucking joke if you could call it that of their plot line is like wow they're you know naked stand-ins and they you know but in 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 person they they're so shy and and demure around each other you know it's like what what an ironic contrast i guess in my mind i was misappropriating the thing with like joey and dina meyer from friends where it's like they have i don't know chemistry here but not there anyway uh colin firth shows up at the family house for christmas i guess the brother's not there everyone's overjoyed to see and they all come they all come rushing out like a christmas movie his dad looks a lot like john Kerry, uh, and then suddenly he it occurs to him at, on the doorstep that he needs to go proposed so marriage just, yeah yeah drops the presents to leave Aria. He, man's gotta he, do what man's gotta do does he drive there does he take like the channel or something a flight would be expensive as yeah. fuck um, let's let, let, kids? let's huh. talk about the uh the scene with the signs Kara knightley and andrew lincoln here okay uh, I, I like that uh, Chutel Ejiofor in the other room is basically just like, tell him to fuck off and get back here. Uh, yeah. He's like pretending to be Christmas girls by like playing a little boombox boom there. Um, Carolers are creepy. This this whole thing, like this message is just like, I hope to one day this or I hope this time next year I'm with one of these like supermodels that I cut out of a magazine. <laughs> what a weird a, thing to say. He has a weird vision board. Yeah. Of like supermodels that he wants to sleep with. Yeah. And she lasted it because I mean what else he do at that point? Yeah. Without hope or agenda. 
just because it's Christmas. I'm going to cross a bunch of lines here with my the guy who I was the best man at his wedding for. At Christmas, you tell the truth. What is that? Like, no, that's not a thing. I would say it's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's not it's not just like, oh, hey, by the way, I had this kind of silly crush on you from way back when. He flat out declares that he will love her until she's a decaying corpse. And she's like, how charming. I'm into it. So he walks away, like, I guess, liberated, feeling relieved that he got this off his chest. She rushes after him, kisses him. He says, enough, enough now. Which, what the fuck ever, you ask? You well, this guy's like, enough. This guy's like, no agenda, no hope or agenda. And then he drops a line like, my wasted heart will love you. Like, don't, well, yeah, but also, <laughs> if you tell someone you have no hope or agenda, you have hopes and an agenda. Um, I wanted Chewie Tell to like come and run after him after she went back in the house and either kiss him or punch him. Well, they're when they like flash forward, they're all still buddy buddy. I mean, I, I guess we're supposed to assume that he he just got over it then or something. You know, he he moved on. Nope. You don't don't believe, think so? I don't think it happened that way. Mm. I would love to think that him and him and Laura Linney got together, but I doubt it. Uh, yeah. So Bill Knight shows up to the manager's house, tells him he's love of his life. I know they're referring to friendship, but like. This could still be like a, a declaration of real love. You can you can read it both ways, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I mean, you and I've never gotten drunk and watched porn together. No, we haven't. No, not yet. Anyway. Um, also, the manager's home has a shit ton of Bill Nighy merch, a sword. It's got a sword. A, yeah. And a poster for Jaws. <laughs> Classy guy. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of old LPs. Mm hmm. Uh, so Hugh Grant goes after Natalie because he just basically read a a card that she sent him. Yeah, where she like apologizes even though she shouldn't have to for, uh, for you know cucking Hugh Grant there with Billy Bob Thornton. I I guess is he is supposed to be that he didn't see it as he thought. I I think it's like in she's his mind it? she was like making a pass at the president. Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Here you have like the, the American president. I mean, she signs it like, XXX, your Natalie. Jesus. There's a lot of I'm yeah. yours uh, talk in yeah. this. A lot from Mia as well. Oh, take complete ownership of my body, please. Yeah. Um, so he's going to take his like uh, police, London police I like, do like that bodyguards I, to go after her I, house. I definitely believe that in the UK, the British prime minister can just go hop in a car with like his butler and go somewhere with like maybe like a black and white behind him. Like you definitely couldn't do that in America, but I feel like there's something about the UK. They're all just a little more chill over there. Well, that's why in America we have the Kennedy sex tunnels. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I just, I was kind of bothered by like the head of government, like not better utilizing resources. Like they should be able to find her address in no time. Um, the joke that for me in the movie, it's like the tried and true is the, uh, the bodyguard having like the surprisingly operatic voice. Yeah, that was, that wasn't bad. Um, apparently, everyone lives on this street. This yeah, one street. Natalie's family calls her Lumpy. I I kept expecting Hugh Grant to like to be a little more of a politician. Like he's mm-hmm. constantly flustered. Like it's it really takes him a while to like save these like awkward uh, interactions with the people at their doors. You know, mm-hmm. like you think you would have had something ready before he knocked on the first door. No, yeah, seriously. You know, if, oh, if this is an Alice house, well, thank you. Uh, as prime minister, I'm, you know, saying Merry Christmas to everyone today. So Merry Christmas, you know, bye-bye. 
I guess they say yeah, happy like, Christmas over there. It's a long drive. Mm-hmm. What's plan B? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I guess that's the thing about in this particular part of the rom-com is you have to speak from the heart even when you're you making a crazy. fool of yourself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they go to the Christmas play, which we find out is all the schools have teamed up to do one, which would have been a lot bigger than this. So I was surprised at the production values here. They run into Emma Thompson in the back of the play where he's come to not be found, blah, blah, blah. Then Thompson says to Natalie, watch out 20 years ago, you <laughs> yes. would have been just his type. What the fuck does that mean? I, I mean, I think we're supposed to take it that Hugh Grant's like in his forties and she's in her twenties, you know? Yeah. Which that's a weird, if they're going to be together after this poor Natalie, like that's a weird dynamic to now have of your boyfriend's sister. I feel like we didn't get enough of Natalie, like to know, really know her personality. Cause later on when it's like a month later, or whatever, she just like runs and throws herself into this dude's mm-hmm. arms, uh, which I feel like would probably like that would generate uh, like news coverage for the next month. in the well, there's, UK if somebody did that, you see like all the camera flashes. And yeah. Stuff. So like, people definitely, which the security there, that's a good place to take a shot at the PM, I feel. Yeah. Um, but like all you get from Natalie is that in her, she's got a mouth. Like she likes to cuss yeah. a lot. I like to get to know her more. She seems like fun. She seems Although I don't know that her like coat she's wearing, this red coat at the end, it's got the weirdest little shoulder bump things. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So the school's nativity play has a weird aquatic theme. There's a lobster or two, some fish, octopus. Kit has a Spider-Man face paint on. I mean, I guess that's all like a joke on like non-denominational Christmas things or something i guess that's what like the comedy there mm. um natalie that she she mentioned she like runs inside to check like this is her school i mean that's just laying it on a little thick there like creepy wise like your older prime ministers back at this girl's like elementary school with her yeah making out backstage so the girl that the kid has a crush on they joined the band for her name Joanna. is the same as his mother his deceased mother um she does a rendition of all I want for Christmas is you. And she's got a great voice. I believe she actually does the voice on adventure time. Um, Jojen Reed looks even smaller behind those drums. Did you, did you, the part where she's, uh, you know, all I want for Christmas is you. And she points at him and he's all happy. And then she starts doing the you and you and you like pointing at the audience. He looks like he's about to fucking murder her. Then <laughs> yeah, he gets this look on his face. Just like, and now I have to kill you. I'm gonna drive this drumstick into your eye. How dare you love anyone but me? Yeah. Well, the production values I thought were great for the sequence. Everyone's color coordinated. There's some some choreography. The weird like chavs, like slam dancing, and their what do they call those big coats that the British kids wear or whatever? Like the kids like dancing around her look terrible. Like I thought they just ran up on the stage and tried to ruin it. It seems a bit much. Like they they were fine before they brought other people on to dance. Yeah. They had the whole yeah. chorus. They had the the band on the other side. Then the curtain opens on the the prime minister making out with Natalie. Um, he takes way too long to recover from this. I feel like. I mean, I guess I, that's just Hugh Grant's thing is to be constantly flustered. But like, I feel like he could have pulled it together a little bit faster. Yeah, I mean, you could spin this though. It's not. Oh yeah, it's not. It's not the worst. Just, She's not dead. Happy Christmas from your prime minister and adieu. Yeah. You know, exit left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so after the pageant is when Emma Thompson really gives it to Alan Rickman about the necklace, the, uh, with a line, would you stay knowing that your life will always be a little bit worse? <laughs> yeah. 
So did you catch Neeson- the bit where Liam Neeson he runs into uh, Claudia Schiffer there? He calls her Karen, which I believe is Emma Thompson's name in this movie. Oh, does he? Yeah, it's he's like he he makes a mistake and calls her Karen, and then he's corrected to Carol. Yeah, but that's Emma Thompson's name. Like, yeah, it is. That seems like weird. a weird. Like you would have think he would have called her like his wife's name. His dead wife's name would have been Carol or Karen well, or something. That- you know. I think the joke is he's not paying attention to her because she says Carol and he calls her Karen and she's like, Carol. And she's still, he says, she says, oh, I'm Carol. And he's like, I hope we meet again, Karen. And she's like, Carol, and I'll make sure we do. Like, I kept thinking like, what is that movie? Is it Milkmaid where the kids hire the prostitute yeah. for like mm-hmm. their lonely dad? I kept God, thinking I've that's seen that movie. The- yeah, in the theater. <laughs> I guess that's what I thought was happening here because those kids are just so excited that their parents are going to have intercourse. Um, well, they, so they run to the airport. They start playing a little God only knows at one point here. It's like just getting like boogie nights flashbacks. Yeah. Expecting, yeah, expecting gonna, like Liam Neeson going to duck into a bathroom and do his last monologue as, uh, as Brock Landers there. Well, who's going to OD? <laughs> Probably oh, uh, uh like why why do uh why do these poor housemaids just keep ODing on me? Ah <laughs> <laughs> it's the third one this week. Oh you know me. You know my reputation. Uh, I'm gonna ask you yeah, one so, more time. Where the fuck is Ringo? <laughs> That's too intense. Um, so somehow Liam Neeson's shortcut to the airport's a fucking joke because the time they get to the airport, that girl is like almost on the plane. Um, and he's just like, eh, it's a post nine eleven world. Just run past TSA, you'll be fine. Yeah, which is there's quite a bit of running. They don't catch him. Like, they don't no one shoots him. On it. <laughs> it's just these two pathetic security guys going after him. Um, which I just love the, uh, you can't come through unless there's a board, you have a boarding pass. Even if the kid wants to say goodbye to the love of his life. No. (laughs) Well, the, the bit with Colin Firth, like going to, are they in, are they in Portugal? Like, I don't know where they are. Back in, um, they're back in France. I can't remember. Is it, is it Marseille? They're in France. This all feels very like. Like now we want to do like a Greek wedding riff or something with like kind of like the the older old world parents or something, uh, yeah. and like the whole village has to follow this dude to the restaurant where he proposes. Like it's it just feels like they're trying to mix up a lot of different movies into one movie. Well, there was the, there's the thing with the other daughter who the dad will later call Miss Duncan Donuts two thousand three, um, and they yeah, they lead everyone at one point. The 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 other daughter is talking about like oh like he's gonna go sell dad's gonna sell Aurelia <laughs> to this guy and then later like one of the kids hears like apparently he's gonna kill Aurelia and the other kid's like cool <laughs> um yeah yeah so the employees are basically Deuce X Bill Nighy's dick like they're they're distracted by him making going to start to strip live on naked t- or strip naked on live TV. So the kid almost gets to the girl. Blah, blah, he blah. gets there. Yeah. Says bye. He gets led away. She comes back and kisses him. He's happy. Yeah. And, they, and they're together for the rest of their lives, even though they're nine. Sure. Whoa. So a month later, she's coming back from New York. Were they just going on a vacation? It's unclear because she's American, right? It seems that way. I think she is. 
seems less dire if she was just going away for a yeah. few weeks. Yeah, I know. It's like, oh, you're just going away on vacation. That's different from she's moving to America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Aurelia and the restaurant and the dad's like, this man wants to marry Aurelia. And the boss is like, well, he can't. She's my best waitress. <laughs> Whatever. Um, when they he's, got together, I'm like fucking proposing. Yeah, I'm like, am I supposed to be rooting for this? I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the well, best he, he talks playing. forever, and then she says like four words in English. Yeah, yeah, it's just like thank you and yes, <laughs> and everyone so, claps because, like, man, if this happened in a restaurant I was at, I would feel so fucking awkward and mortified. Would you? What? As like, well, so let's say you're just a customer there. What's your feeling if you're listening to this play out? I, I want to crawl under the table. That's my feeling. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're so afraid of awkward public declarations of love, even when it happens to other people. Absolutely. But you're not going to ask for like, hey, do I get a discount on my bill? <laughs> I might just leave. Because I didn't show up for live theater? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to do a runner. <laughs> yeah, it's only a month later. <laughs> like there's Advertising the new iMac on the background of this one uh, shot of Bill Nighy. It's like the... It's like the one that looked like a lamp. That is some ancient fucking technology there. Yeah, so everyone's come back from a trip that they all magically went on at different times. Kira Knightley uh, has totally different hair and like a totally different look too. And she's how does she she's like friends with Colin Firth? How do they know well, so each other? Well, Colin Firth was at the wedding. Was he? Okay. But how do yeah. they know each other? I guess they're just friends. So Colin Firth's wife slash girlfriend refused to go to the wedding with him because she had plans, like she had sex plans with his brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, so Andrew Lincoln here, like you got to ditch being the third wheel, man. Like, like it's been a month. Like I, I just feel like you can't just keep tagging around with this uh, Chutel Ejiofor and his wife now. Like it's weird. Well, it seems like maybe maybe it wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Aurelia's first line or Jamie's friends are so good looking. <laughs> She's trying to swing a five-way. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Uh, yeah, the manager meets Bill Nye's like new sexy assistant or girlfriend or whatever. That so you uh, can't remember the name of, or it's a different. This one, it's already a new one, and he forgot the last one's name or something like that. Yeah, maybe she it, should be I, Claudia Schiffer too. Yeah, uh, is, is that just there to be like, don't worry, guys, they're still straight. Like, what is the point of this scene? <laughs> uh. Yeah, so Liam Neeson's also there with like Claudia Schiffer. Like they're apparently together now. I mean, it's been a month since your wife's funeral. They seem like pretty together too. Yeah, like they might yeah. have already moved in together. And it seems like Snape has like already gotten divorced from Trelawney it's, here. It's well, she does say, uh, "Let's go home," even though things are super frosty there. I don't know if it's just like they're ice cold, like hmm. he's sleeping in another bedroom, or if they are indeed separated. So Chris Marshall comes back. Martin Freeman is one of his buddies who's there with Judy, just Judy, who's now wearing an engagement ring. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he finally got to shag her at last is, is why that's some real Jim from the office shit right there. Tim from the office. Uh, Chris Marshall apparently has been in, t- in America for a month. Shannon maybe Elizabeth's he- Texan accent is painful. Hey y'all. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe he did need a, giant hikers backpack mm-hmm. full of condoms i mean a month of fucking he, he ran out yeah he just came back with a like a, a knapsack yeah he's just been tying plastic bags he's wearing like stupid like 
kind of like extreme sunglasses that are neon like day glow. That's what Americans wear. So yeah, so just he's he's brought Shannon Elizabeth back with him. He's not even the girl that he started the orgy with. No. No, this like, is like the fourth one. It's like if you go to a dance with a girl or like three girls and then like so somehow leave the dance of a different girl, only mm-hmm. it's an orgy. And then there's dance. and then there's like another girl, like the sister or something like that, who's just like yeah. randomly walks up to this dude she's never met before and starts like aggressively kissing him. Yes, repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um these American girls are just like slutty fembots, right? Apparently, according to Richard Curtis, they are, yeah. And then uh, Natalie just like runs to greet the prime minister and like nobody like shoots her for this. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I just, uh, you know, I just ordered drone strikes on a bunch of insurgents. I've killed 300 mm-hmm. innocent families. But don't worry, they weren't white. And she's just like, woo. And he's like, God, you weigh a lot. He actually says, God, you weigh a lot. He does. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. pick that up. Wow. Yeah. He says, God, you weigh a lot. Jesus she's Christ. like, shut up. Yeah. It's like, don't worry, everyone. She's fat after all. <laughs> and then it's like lots of just like random B-roll of various people hugging at airports. Because I don't know. It just it feels so crass and manipulative, you know? It's just like, I don't give a fuck about any of these people. <laughs> all right. Well, let's do our power rankings. Yeah, so we're doing relationship rankings. Relationship rankings. I guess I've ordered them in what I consider to be the the least romantic to the most. Maybe I don't know. It's it's uh, hard some of these are just like I was so bored by them that I ranked them low. You know. I, yeah, I mean, so that's kind of what I did. It's not just the romance, but like that I found narratively interesting or okay to watch, mm-hmm. even if they were there were issues. Um, what's your number ten? Uh, I'm sure this will come as no surprise. You and I do have 10. Exactly. Uh, I have the, uh, the English dude, English tool, Chris Marshall and all his American babes. Yep. Yeah. Colin, Tony and the American girls. I hate you. Chris Marshall. That's my number 10 as well. You could have just cut this out of the movie and not missed a thing. Okay. According to Richard Curtis, if he had to guess Colin Frisell is probably in prison now, (laughs) which is the only happy ending I can think of. All right. What's your number nine? John and Judy. Um, they have, like I said, probably the least problematic romance. It's also so boring. Martin Freeman and Joanna Page, yeah. They're engaged after a month. <laughs> so my next one, I I don't know. This should probably be higher just because it's well acted. Just, just your nine? My nine, yeah. I suppose I put it down this low just because I just did not consider it romantic, I suppose. It's like an anti-romance. But I have a Trelawney and Snape there with the scheming secretary Mia. I mean, okay. it's, it's good drama, but it is definitely not romance. Okay. Um, number, number eight. eight, I have Jamie and Aurelia because again, it's so boring and it's so weird. I don't, I don't care. Interesting. I mean, I mean, there's he's just broken up and now he's also proposing marriage to the woman that he's exchanged very little conversation with because he saw her naked. I, I hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight, I have Laura Linney and takes a shit guy just cause, uh, this guy, it seemingly he would, he would have been fine. Like, oh, I can fuck after the Christmas party. But like, other than that, he's not too interested. Um, yeah. And it's, and it's just a really depressing storyline. Yeah. Um, 
my number seven, I have Harry, Karen, and Amelia, or Mia. I don't know. I have Amelia in uh, Mia. It's dreadful. I mean, it is cruel. It is mean. I would have ranked it so much lower. I would have ranked it lower than the fucking Chris Marshall stuff, except Emma Thompson is so good in her scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, it's not just that it's hits you. It's, it just seems mean. It's like an anti-romance. Um, yeah. I don't know. You, you could maybe have a debate about whether or not there are any actual displays of love and love actually. Yeah. Uh, number seven, I have Martin Freeman and Joanna page. They were just boring as fuck. Like, the central conceit is that like, oh, they're kind of shy in real life, even though they've been seeing each other naked for weeks. I don't know. It just it's not interesting. There's nothing else there. All they do right. is have like boring ass conversations about like traffic. <laughs> uh number six, I have uh their names are Daniel, Sam, Joanna, and Claudia Schiffer. Just the all of that stuff with Liam. Okay, Neeson so you and- put them all together. Yeah, I well, you know why I did I did the, all that storyline together is because I saw that's how it was listed on uh, Wikipedia. But um, I feel like there's a much darker story happening there, just with the kid and the girl who has the same name as his mom, and the the stepdad is already aching to bone Claudia Schiffer. But hmm. there was at least some excitement and some vibrancy to that storyline. So it's my number six. Uh, my number six, I had Bill Nye and the manager. Um, I don't know. He's he's pretty cruel to his manager. And he's like, but I actually love you, but I'm going to continue to be cruel to you. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the end, like it didn't really seem like they'd, they'd gone anywhere, you know, or like cross any sort of barrier or anything where they're like going to be like he was going to be nicer to the guy at the end or something like that. He's still mm. like Bill Nye. He's, he's still the same guy at the end of the movie. Perhaps the getting drunk and watching porn together led to some negative consequences. I kind of feel like his like realization of caring for his manager there was like it, it passed in the night, you know, like, yeah, like he was drunk. He thought that he barely remembers it the next day. And that was it. It's, it's simple afterglow from parting of Elton John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, number five, I have Juliet, Peter and Mark. I feel like, Obviously, this storyline gets heavily romanticized. Who are these? I feel like the, this is Walking Dead, Should We Tell, okay. and uh, Keira Knightley. Um, I think if you if you Google or you just do a mental image search of of Love Actually, you either see like this scene, something from this sequence, or you see something with like Hugh Grant and Natalie, probably at the Christmas pageant. Um, it gets heavily romanticized, perhaps for all the wrong reasons altogether, but it is a driving force of the movie, so... That's why I, I bumped it up. Yeah, I put this at number five. I think I think you could take this out and make a movie out of just it, and it would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as it exists in this movie now, Andrew Lincoln isn't a very compelling character. He's kind of a jerk, and it's it's really like you have to entirely pour your own thoughts and ideas into what's happening to make it more interesting you know like it's it's not really there on page or on screen it's like you have to bring all the material to it to to make it seem romantic it's a conversation starter perhaps <laughs> um, i don't know like i feel like there there's a theoretical good way you could do a storyline like this and not have it just seem kind of like creepy or inappropriate you know like theoretically unrequited love can be a good plot line but this i don't think really works i mean i think the people who love this scene are definitely just kind of bringing what they need to 
Like, but it's it's like a lot of these type of movies. I feel like it's it's based on memory. I've talked to a lot of people in the last week as we got mm-hmm. ready for this, and the people I encountered in my life were like, "Oh, I love that movie," and I'm like, "Oh, cool." When was the last time you saw it? And they're like, "Oh, like eight years ago." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, don't I mean, watch it again." Definitely in my memory, like the Andrew Lincoln, Kieran Knightley stuff was better than it was. Like when I watch it now, I'm just like, oh, "This is like not even a little bit cute. Like it's just weird." And like he's a dick. It's like uh, it's a storyline that, that you see it a certain way in your twenties, and you definitely mm-hmm. see it a different way in your thirties. I realized that I somehow forgot a number four, so mm-hmm. I'm just going to say Rowan Atkinson. Oh, the angel of love. Yeah. Uh, I have Colin Firth and Aurelia the maid at number four. Uh, they were fine, I guess. Um, nothing like incredibly offensive about them. Really. They're just kind of boring. Mm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm still annoyed at him for writing out on a lake. I just want to know what kind of shitty books was he writing? He was writing a thriller. He said, Oh, that's right. The, the bang bang. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number three is Billy Mac and Joe, the manager. Um, for as much as like part of the Billy Mac persona is like constantly shitting on like, uh, oh, I've made some mistakes in my life. So I'll probably spend Christmas even my fat manager, that pig. Um, it's like they're rich because of each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like they says at the beginning, this is going to be solid gold shit. It's like a game they've played on the country of the for the. I don't know, three-dimensional chess to get the number one Christmas signal, signal whatever that means. Whatever. I, I, I know we get a couple like sad looks from the manager whenever Billy Mac says that he's going to be stuck spending time with him, which mm-hmm. he does. I just feel like, I don't know, these guys are like puppet masters. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention the, the Andrew Lincoln plotline. I don't know if you've seen it. Somebody somewhere tweeted... Um, it was the the scene where he's holding up the sign. Only it says like the "Hello, Mister Police." I gave you all the clues. Oh. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah, I hope that meme continues. <laughs> Number three, I have Hugh Grant and Martine McCutcheon. They were mm-hmm. fairly cute, except for the part where he fires her because he feels like I don't know, like she's impugned on his masculinity by like hitting on someone else. Um, if you kind of remove that part of it, it's a pretty cute relationship. Mm. Uh, number two, I have Sarah and takes a shit guy and Michael, um, Carl, the takes a shit guy is just kind of there. And I mean, on one hand, I get that when new romance is starting, you kind of have to take everything as it appears and as you perceive it and only invest as much as you're willing to at the beginning. I mean, I don't know how much you owe another person to explain themselves. That's, that's a much larger debate. Um, Laura, I Lenny, can't, was, you, can't you just tell your brother, Hey, I'm about to take a shower. So I'm going to be away from the phone for the next half hour. Okay. Totally unfair of her parents, apparently to go back to America and leave her alone with her brother. I like that. She doesn't even like, fuck it i'm not doing an accent no one needs it um it's a weird confluence of like america and england in this movie too i mean yeah. like the special relationship i don't I, the movie almost could have been called the special relationship Oof. um i just thought she was good i mean this this and the walking dead and Kira knightley and the the snape and emma thompson stuff like that all could have like those three storylines alone could have been a movie that wouldn't have pretended to be a romantic comedy so I mean, it just as level of interest. I liked a lot of the stuff of Laura Linney, so I put it at number two. 
Okay, number two, I had Liam Neeson and Claudia Schiffer, um, mostly just because I they were like some of the least offensive of all the relationships. You know, like yeah, it's just the uh, two single parents. They seemed happy together, even though he called it Karen. Well, kind of like uh, Taken, Liam Neeson, he stated earlier in the movie, I'm going to go do this thing. And then he went and did that thing. And you're like, all right. <laughs> My number one is is David and Natalie. Um, 13 inches is a tough load. I don't treat you gentle. Jesus. <laughs> Are you just Googling like uh, Boogie Nights lines to use? <laughs> like I would need to Google that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what was your number one? I just thought to myself, what, like state of California? I know where the fuck I am, Jack. <laughs> um, my name is David Nally, because I mean, Hugh Grant is not. Yes, Reed, I've got his fucking address. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just Todd Parker. Although Hugh Grant or uh, Liam Neeson in any other role, like if you just dropped him into any scene, would have been fascinating like if he played jack horner that would have been fascinating is he gonna fuck me in the ass do you want him to fuck you in the ass <laughs> it'd be nice then fuck her in the ass <laughs> oh boy um yeah dave nally hugh grant whatever but martin mccutcheon is, is so intriguing um i know half of it's just her being cute but like you said i was very intrigued by her i would have loved to see more of a character there i mean she kind of disappears after for, yeah. he, he you know redistributes her for like an hour she's gone she's got a shitty family and the whole world has been brainwashed to somehow see her as like something resembling overweight or undesirable mm-hmm. which has got to be tough for a girl in 2003 but yeah i mean i know they bring her back in whatever the pseudo sequel is which i don't know how you couldn't i'm i'm very curious about martine mccutch i'm kind of surprised we didn't see her crossover into something else that would have been seen by an American audience. Yeah, I was surprised she hadn't been in more stuff. Just like EastEnders. Yeah. What's your number one? I want it to cut glass, you know, like razor sharp. Uh, my number one is Neeson's kid, Jojen Reed, and his crush. Just because, like, I feel like it's kind of the purest romance. It's just, like, mm. kind of school puppy love, you know, like mm. there's nothing, like, super problematic about it, so that's why it was yeah. number one for me. I mean, yeah, it's it's except harder. for the part where he looks at her like he wants to fucking murder because <laughs> she said, "I, you know, all I want for Christmas is you two over there in the crowd." And he's just like, "Now you die." <laughs> um, which is funny because this is almost exactly the romance that he has in Godless. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to really get upset about like the the childish infatuations of children and it's kind of respectable like he has a goal and he sees a means by which to to get to it and he goes and learns to play the drums <laughs> i mean i wish i could play the drums now all right well uh any final thoughts for your wrap up no it's just i did not expect this movie to be as crazy and ridiculous as it was i it was definitely enjoyable. It definitely is a movie that like lives on its reputation more than what's actually there. I feel like I'd hate to be like, you know, like a little drunk and a little sad at the holidays and then like turning on this movie thinking it's going to pick me up. I mean, maybe there is sort of a, I don't know if I'd call it a genius necessarily, but like a, a sneaky kind of underhanded way that this movie works is that it's 
it's just relying on you to do all the emotional work for it. Yeah. You know, like there it's it's like if you really if you try to kind of watch objectively and divorce yourself from it, none of these stories really add up at all. They're all kind of messed up in some way or other. But like if you're just imagining yourself as that person, then and, and there's enough different types of characters where you can probably find somebody that you can slot yourself in as, you know, at least if you're white. Um not exactly a diverse movie. No, no. Yeah, take what you can use and throw away quite a bit of the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I've seen it called Pulp Fiction for Girls, which is also cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not really. Um, anyway. It's like more like a supercut of rom-com cliches. But yeah, that's, that was, that's our holiday party. Yeah. Happy Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Um, I don't know. I'm working on New Year's, so I don't know if you want to record before then so this might be our last podcast for a couple weeks but uh, we'll see and uh, yeah until then have a good one bye bye bye